So this is dated July 12th, and this would have been 2018. Um, so this is your first journal entry, like, following the bike trip, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the subject line says, on the train home. On the train going back east, back in the direction I came, feels like slowly rewinding an old VHS tape. The landscapes rocket by in reverse order. We rode all the way west and back, and I'm sitting here still wondering, is this the real world yet? Did this trip change me, or did I grow? Or was I just hiding, stretching myself away from impending deadlines just to be snapped, starkly back to my real life like a slinky? Caleb gets off at the next stop, and I think it's starting to sink in. It's quiet now. The feeling is uncertainty. I'm unsure if I feel excited or nervous. It's like I couldn't think before, because I was in a mode of survival. Now I can think again. Some people have asked me why I did this. I realized when I answered them, I had never asked why we did this. Sorry, I messed it up. I realized I had never asked myself that. Vanity must always be involved. Pictures and recognition. Maybe I wanted someone to see this. To show people I could do something. Or did I want to do this to show myself something. In a way, this trip was like a cleanse from drinking, from normal worries, like all cleanses, or so I think it's hard to say what it will be like to come back afterwards. This trip has always been a future endeavor for me. It always felt fantastical. I'm not sure if I ever fully believed in it. And now it's over, and it still doesn't feel like it happened. Big cities, congestion, traffic, etc. are greatly overwhelming. I never thought I would miss the Midwest, but I kind of do. Caleb got off the train at the last stop in Fraser, Colorado. I've been with him every single day for the last month and a half. Like most goodbyes, I feel almost nothing at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to miss him a lot, but there is also relief. (laughs) It felt like we had tested something, some boundaries, and we made it. We made it work. We stretched our relationship and it didn't snap. But with time, we laughed less and less. (laughs) More quiet. I think it was time to part. But I think fondness will grow stronger. I think so. I'm alone now and it feels good. To be alone around a lot of people, they both feel good. Yeah, I think that's all I want to read of that. Thank you for sharing that. Holy shit. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. I had never heard that before. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really read it before, like even to myself. Wow. Like a lot. Of, I dude, very thank you. So a lot of times I don't like that. going back and reading them because yeah, dude, I'm fucking honored. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, I think on the train it was it was super visual. So so then you know I was just it was just like I was seeing something played backwards really wow. quickly because because you know we'd, we'd ridden dude. out rest on west on our bikes really slowly. Wow. So like you just watch the landscape slowly change and you know you you're just slowly going into different places and going over boundaries. And then I watch it all go in the opposite order, like over the course of two days. Dude, yeah. That's that's how it felt like on the plane too after my trip. Because it's like 
you know, what took us, it's kind of embarrassing. It was like, what took us 30 days to do, and this is the stretch from Yellowknife to the ocean. <laughs> yeah. We were in a plane back in Yellowknife in three hours. Yeah. And so, and I was just looking down like at all these little rivers and lakes that had caused me so much goddamn stress mm-hmm. and, you know, heartache and stuff like that. And it's like, zip, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're right back. Yeah. It's really yeah. bizarre. It's a bizarre feeling. Yeah. My friend Isaiah said something really cool. Um, in reference to bike packing and just bicycling in general. So like um he just said that like he felt that one of the most appropriate speeds or like the the maximum speed at which humans should move is like as fast as a bicycle. Um and like yeah, I mean it's definitely circumstantial. Like people have places to be and things to do. But it just allowed for like much more to hap to happen like in a space and in a time frame than would happen like on the course of a train ride or a plane. Yeah. But does it feel real now? Is it real? I think it 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 is real to me and partially because I have spelled it out for myself. Cause that that was a big worry of mine is that like it would just kind of fade into a very like convoluted tiny memory in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so by trying to look at, at smaller parts of it, I, it, it still takes up a lot of space in my mind. Like I, it has the size to it in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And so yeah, I mean, and, and then going back out and, you know, I've driven through some places that we rode. And, yeah, it's 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 cool recognizing places that I went on that trip. I went, when we were living in western Colorado working on this farm, we went to this restaurant called Starvin' Arvin's. It was a very mediocre breakfast spot. In, uh, you guys both, wait, this is together? Yeah, yeah, we actually we went there with Kerrigan um, to get breakfast. It was like a twenty minute drive from the farm we were staying at. But okay. Caleb and I had just we had eaten at that restaurant just um, for breakfast one morning as we were heading out of town. So wow, it 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 was interesting moving back into the same space that I had been before mm-hmm. and uh, and having no other affiliations with it. You know, you go yeah. you go and you your house all the time and you're in different spaces, but, but your idea of the house is like the amalgamation of all those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like my idea of this place was this one Point in time. singular time and yeah. the place that I went there. So it was, it was cool going back there and being, and, and being in, in, you know, kind of my more normal headspace and. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the context for me was vastly different the two times we'd been there. The first time, um, it was like a big part of the bike trip. And it was like, like we didn't, we didn't eat out a lot. Like maybe once a day was kind of like the max. Um, we, we tried to cook for the most part because we were like on a budget and um, it was also like, 
it was just kind of a luxury at that point. Yeah. And so it was really nice to be like, oh, we're going to do a sit-down restaurant. We're going to have like a nice cooked meal for us. And then the second time we went, it was just like, oh, we're going to a breakfast spot. Like we've been living like in this town for a while. Like, yeah, I think I was, it's, like, I think I was like pretty hungover. Yeah. Like I just want more And it was like, like let's it, go. it felt way more mediocre the second time around. Mm-hmm. Because, because it wasn't this like built up luxury that was like a separate part of the bike ride. It was just like a normal part of society. Mm. Yeah, I think on the bike ride, because it was the luxury, like something that we would kind of look forward to. Like mm-hmm. we kind of pick, I feel like we'd usually either eat breakfast at a, a restaurant or cook dinner and then cook dinner for ourselves or vice versa. Like have a, a breakfast and then like, plan on getting dinner at the destination town that we arrived in. It could be kind of a, a celebratory thing. Like, we made it. Right. Let's go get a beer and have dinner. Yeah. And uh, so in those moments, I, I really wanted to enjoy them, you know? Right. So, like, I didn't see starving Arvins for what it really was. You know, it's just like, this is a special occasion. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> like, thanks for having me, starving Arvins. <laughs> but when, when it was just breakfast, it's like, I don't. I would love to enjoy my breakfast, but if it's not that good, but I've had better breakfast at other places. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioning like just the survival sort of thing. It's like the the goal setting associated with with a a pack trip, whether it's like canoeing or biking or backpacking. Like the goal setting is more about like basic needs, whereas like when you're actually settled in a place. Uh, the goal setting could be much grander because those basic needs are pretty much there for you already. Like, like one thing is, I'm sure you went through this a lot, just like finding a place to sleep like could be really difficult. But when you have a home, like you're not even thinking about it and then you're tired and you're like, oh, I'm going to go climb in my bed. Yeah, so like our goal in many instances was like, we got to get here so we can fill our water. So it was like an entire day might be kind of built around rationing the water until we get to a spot where we can refill it. Whereas here it's like you just go and fill your water water to faucet and then you're on to the bit the like bigger thing. I remember feeling like immense relief every time we got like a a solid lead on where we were going to sleep that night. Mm. That was something that I had not really thought about being a, a thing going into the trip is like this kind of uncertainty and, and with that like discomfort that came from from being unsure where I was going to sleep. Yeah. And and like so sometimes we'd we'd pick a town and you know, we'd just be looking at Google Maps and we'd see like, wow, this town has like a huge park of, or like a, just a huge stand of trees. Like that's where we're going to camp. Like then I would feel great like that whole day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, yes, like we're just riding to this place. We're going to set up camp and have a great the night. Certainty. Where it's like if we were kind of unsure or we we're going to like a pretty big town, that that yeah. was a little bit more difficult because there, there were mm-hmm. less just like open spaces like kind of near – society yeah it was just like you're you're in a city now and probably gonna a lot of times it'd be like okay i I guess we have to stay in a motel 
because we're in like Reno or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's cities are not built for the pack bikers. Mm-mm. <laughs> the small towns were great for it though. Wow. Because you could just ride into them in a couple minutes and and be at a, a place where a lot of people congregate because there's fewer places. So there's better congregation spots. Mm. And in going into those places, you could like just talk to a pretty high percentage of of the townspeople and figure out like what was the best thing to do. Yeah. Because like like – one that really sticks out in my mind is we rode to this really small town in northern Missouri called Clarksville. It's like right on the Mississippi. And we like rode in and, and there was like one bar open. And like we just talked to like we got food there. And I think Caleb asked the person waiting on us like, hey, we're passing through on our bikes. We need to. Is there anywhere we can camp around here? And she just, like, kind of yelled over to, like, some other people in the bar. And they just, like, got together and, like, made the collective decision that, like, we could camp on this, like, patch of grass, like, across the street from the oh, bar. so cool. It was, like, their wow. quote-unquote yacht club kind yeah, of thing. It was just, club. like, yeah, it was, like, um, right next to a, like, right in between a railroad track and, and the Mississippi. So, you had, like, barges on one side, railroad on the other side. But they're like that's they're like this is a fine public space like you can definitely like set up a a tent here overnight. Did you guys have uh, air pads? Air- yeah, I had a pretty small one. Um, and Caleb had a pretty nice little just like sleeping pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, did you did you inflate those most nights? Yeah, and our ideal setting was somewhere we could set up a hammock. Oh, so we both had hammocks. Yeah. Oh, so wow. so if we like sometimes. In small towns, we, like, wouldn't really figure out, like, a great place to sleep. But we'd kind of roll in at night. Like, we'd eat dinner, and then it'd be dark. Yeah. And we would just, like, even find a park with, like, some baseball fields or something. Whatever. Just, like, and if there's, like, a nice, good, like, stand of trees that we could kind of just, like, lay low in and camp there and, like, leave early in the morning, we'd do that. And you guys, would you guys check the weather, like, the night before? Like, a little bit. We did check the weather. We, I think we got really lucky with the weather. Um, it was raining when we left Greencastle. It was just like a, um, I think there's like this word for it called like a smur or something, or it's just like this, a misty kind of rain. Um, so it wasn't very intense or anything. And that over the course of a couple hours, like clouds, clouds broke up and then, in Colorado, we got rained on twice. There was, like, one night we were riding up this canyon and, like, had to kind of scramble to, like, set up a little shelter to, like, keep some of our stuff dry. Could you see the storm blown, coming Yeah, up? yeah. You At that point, you could see it kind of, like, rolling, yeah. like, over the mountains and into the canyon. And it was like, okay, like, we need to get going on this. And that was, like, yeah. as we were biking up the canyon, too. So it was like, Ooh. okay, we need to find a spot so yep. that we can prepare for this. Yeah. But other than that, there's like one day we, we stopped at a little place like on the way to my aunt and uncle's farm in Colorado. This was the very next day, actually. And it rained really hard, but it, it was while we were stopped. Okay. So we were like undercovering. And on those nights, you would stay in a tent? Uh, yeah, the, the night it, that it, it rained when we were in the canyon, 
we uh, first Sam set up like a little tarp shelter. Yeah, I wasn't sure how long it was going to rain. And I had a tarp for putting under my tent. So we like, we're in this little, like, was that kind of near State Bridge? That was, that one was near, um, that was after Carbondale before Austin. Okay. Yeah. That was like Red Cannon or some, some name like that. Yeah. We like ran up this little hillside. There's like a, it looked like a spot that people had definitely camped before. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of pine trees. Um, and I just like took the tarp off my bike and like tied one corner to a tree. And the hill was super steep. Ooh. So I just pulled it out and like set some rocks on these other corners okay. and like set up a little almost like lean-to structure and nice. just had like my bike. And like we like pulled out our cooking stuff and I just like started cooking under it because I thought, well, maybe it'll rain for like an hour mm-hmm. and then it'll stop. But it, it continued to rain. So then he set up his, his tent. Yeah. And we There's like a little break in the rain where there were, there were like some flatter sections up uh, up on this hillside like and look like maybe old fire rings and things. So there was a spot where we could set up the tent. So while there was a break in the rain, we we tried to set it up really quick. And oh, nice! Yeah, figured it out. Mm-hmm. But it's like other than that, every night hammock. Yeah, as much as possible. I think most of our hammocking uh, was done out west. There were just, um, like one a greater abundance of public lands. Like, I think Nevada, for example, is, like, more than 50% public land. So, it's just, just, like, a lot of opportunity to pull off right on the side of the road, be on BLM land, and, like, sit, string the hammock up. And there are a lot more trees. Like, the Midwest is, like, big old growth, like, more spaced out. So, it was hard to string a hammock between those. But then in, in the West, it was, like, just a lot of opportunity to put up the hammock. Mm-hmm. And bu- bugs, like not an issue in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, they were especially. You know, we we kind of rode up like the the Mississippi River basin because um, we rode north from St. Louis up to Iowa, uh-huh. and that was incredibly buggy. It's a very very oh. low low lying humid humid oh, place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, very large mosquitoes, very large mm. spiders eating those large mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. uh, well fed. But once we got out west, it was it was not an issue at all. Okay, cool. What dominated your thinking during the trip? Was um, there- yeah, I mean, when I was on my bike, like it was a very mentally challenging uh, endeavor, like. Physically, it wasn't that exhausting just because we were moving very slowly and like had the entire day to cover not a lot of ground. So physically, I wasn't like, I wasn't straining, but mentally keeping myself engaged and like keeping myself stoked on getting somewhere could was definitely difficult at points, especially. Like in the area around Steamboat after we had left Steamboat because I just felt so close to home, but I also felt myself like physically getting further away. Yeah. And 
I was like toiling with the idea of like, I'm so close right now. Like I could just turn around and be done yeah. mm-hmm. and not have to go through the stress of like trying to figure out where I'm going to sleep or what I'm going to eat yeah, or where I'm going to fill my water next. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was definitely the, the, so there was stress, like concern. Was it concern, stress? You're kind of like second thoughts, just like, like a second thought of, you know, I'm home now. Mm-hmm. I can stay here. And, you know, I've already done a pretty big trip. Like, do I have to go to San Francisco? Right. Yeah. And a lot of concern with it too, because I didn't know the process of really getting to San Francisco. I knew I was going to sit on my bike for a long time. Yeah. But I didn't know, like, what sorts of difficulties I was going to encounter along the way. Yeah. And that was really hard for me to to deal with. Yeah. Because then my mind was just racing, thinking about different ways scenarios could play out. And like it being a stressful occasion, um, a lot of those scenarios that played out in my head were not positive. Yeah. Um, which which was good and bad. Like it was good to like think about ways things could go wrong in order to try and take steps to avoid but avoid was that difficulty. Was that the closest that you ever felt like maybe you wouldn't get to the end, you wouldn't make it to California, the the most you ever entertained the idea that maybe uh, maybe I don't need to go all the way? Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, when I was in Colorado still like after I left Colorado it began to be like we're doing this like we're we're getting out to California. It's going to happen at some point. Like, we don't have an exact date circled on the calendar yet. But while we were still in Colorado, it just, I felt so close to a possible ending point. Yeah. And there's just so much more comforts, so many more comforts involved with with that ending point. Because it was closer in time. I knew I had a bed and a roof over my head. Yep. And so, yeah, that 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 was difficult during that stretch. But as soon as I moved farther away, it was like the stoke kind of came back, and it was nice. more about like we're we're gonna do this thing and figure it out, and we have already. So like I don't see why we can't continue to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that that was that was like a cool test of of like my mental stamina. Because physically, I felt prepared for the trip. But mentally, that's where most of the hurdles were. Just like, yeah, being able to 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 overcome negative thoughts. Yeah. And self-doubt? Like, did you, at the beginning of the trip, question whether or not you'd actually be able to pull it off? Yeah. And not not even from, like, a physical standpoint. But I guess one... Thing, and this was something that Sam and I had kind of talked about during the course of the trip was just like different stressors in our lives. Yeah. And like one of the main ones was like financial for me. It's like, oh, like I just graduated. So I had like student loans coming up soon. And like just the idea of trying to budget out this trip so that I could comfortably do it. Um, 
yeah, that that was something that like really weighed on me. So I definitely like yeah, there there was a lot of stress that came with uncertainty. Um, kind of like what Caleb was saying and and maybe this second guessing or wondering, you know, is this the right decision? Do you know, do I need to continue this and things like that? Right. Um and and that was just kind of for me that was just within a, a bigger uncertainty of 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 what I want to do now now that I've I've graduated college yeah. what, what's supposed to be happening with my life what are the right moves mm-hmm. that I should be making yeah um but out, outside of like the the stress I was feeling um I know one thought that that like was really marinating in my mind like for a lot of the trip was just like it was about people and and the people we were seeing and and us as well and and just how different so many people's lives are from mine and 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 like a, a big thing that came along with that for me was like privilege and, and the privilege that like I've experienced like growing up. And so like these, you know, stressors, like finding a place to sleep, finding clean water to drink. Like we chose to go on this trip and, and make that difficult for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We made that decision. And a lot of people like that's not, they didn't have the privilege to be like, you know what? I, want to like test myself i want to i want to not know where i'm gonna sleep you know some people just come into the world and like that that's what's like every out. single day of their existence yeah. is, is 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 you know scraping like that to to get by um mm. wow um that that was that was a big thing i thought about and and i feel like the trip was super helpful for me because it i think it gave me a better idea of like the way that i want to take up space in the world like like maybe not how i want to do it like i still don't know that but the the way that i move through and around people and and things and spaces i think i i developed maybe a closer idea of of what i want that to look like and in in how i want to be Wow. It's like, yeah. Could you articulate that? I, so like a lot of times it'd be like you go into a town for a night or maybe two days and you leave. Mm-hmm. So, so there's like a very clear like entrance and exit to these situations and these spaces. Mm-hmm. And so like I've, I started feeling like I had to be more intentional in each interaction I had mm-hmm. with the person. Say I went to a restaurant and Caleb and I say we you know, had a really long day, went to a restaurant, got wasted and, and I made a huge fool of myself and like maybe like got into it with, with somebody there. Well then like later that night, we'd have to find a place to sleep and you know, I could go up to the bar and ask somebody, hey, do you know who knows where we could stay? And like, that same person that I just got in a fight with could be the same person that like is 
you know, the sheriff or <laughs> hopefully not the sheriff, but like, <laughs> but, but has, is in a situation that could benefit me and, and that like we could work together. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I just, I started thinking about that in like a, a broader sense of just how I treat people mm. and, 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 and try not to look at so like interactions as like singular, like, like, yeah, like there's a really good chance people that I talk to now, I could brush shoulders with later. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's coming across as like, I feel like me saying it like that is coming across as like, I'm strategizing how to hang right. out with people. I don't mean it like that. I mean more so that just like, we're going to hopefully be, like around for a really long mm. time and and i i don't want to ruin something or or change something mm. just because i'm i'm acting really short-sightedly yeah yeah and there's in a lot of the places we arrive there's a lot of like purposeful engagements where it was like we we like needed to do a certain thing in a certain place. Like I'm trying to think of an example, like go to a bike shop. Yeah. And so it was like, these are these, the people we were interacting with, we had to do it in such a way where it was like, well, the- kind of like an, an acknowledgement of like their place in the community. Mm-hmm. And not not like exploiting people as like a resource, but just like acknowledging that people can be very valuable resources for yeah. for specific things you need. These are like the gatekeepers to your journey. Yeah, and if you know you spoil that, then it could end that. But more importantly, I think what I'm what I'm getting is how interconnected everything is and can be. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you're going to cross paths again. And, you know, this one interaction in the moment, if you just look at it as an isolated interaction, you know, and we have, you know, thousands of these a year, hundreds, I mean, who knows how many, but it's like all these, all these add up and they connect in all these strange ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, that's a really good way of putting it. I think, I, I think I have a, a little, like, more idea of like when I was trying to describe like the way I move and 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 take up space in in interactions and, and places is like in these really small towns you you could see the whole population you know you, you yeah. could see the main players in the situation so like when someone was added to that equation it was very easy to see the way that they changed it Mm-hmm. And what do you mean? Hold on, I, I'm not understanding. That. Like the way the dynamic of a relationship or of a grouping can kind of change, like when more people are a part of it. Yeah, like like so so like the other like end of the spectrum, be like New York City. It's like mm. you know a very dense city. Someone coming in and out of it doesn't change the whole. Yeah, it's a drop in a bucket at all. Oh, I see. But yeah. in a, in a oh. town of two hundred people, got it. Someone could come and have a very 
uh-huh. profound or negative effect yeah. on a situation or a place. And, yeah. and I just, for me, I had not thought very much about the way that I can take up spaces. Like a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with the space and I'm feeling it from my, I'm, I'm feeling how a space affects me in a, in a, a right. Sam's a, perspective. Yeah. Mm. So mm-hmm. I felt like I, I just gained a better idea of, of when I enter situations, maybe the, the role I want to play in them. Yeah. And, and just kind of, the amount of space and the way I take space. Yeah. How I want to do that. Super cool. Yeah. There's, there were definitely like different levels to how much or how little you could like impose yourself on a space. And it was, it was really interesting. Like being like two skinny white dudes on these like crazy bikes, like full of gear. Yeah. In these spandex suits. Uh Cause like, you were already like injecting yourself into a space in a often like abnormal way. Yeah. So people would recognize that immediately. Mm-hmm. And so then it was just kind of interesting, like how often people would come and engage us because of the way we were already like carrying ourselves through the space. Yeah. E- even if we were trying to like, like Low remain, profile. yeah, like wallflower it and like just stay. No kind of out of the mainstream we were we were just like this this like foreign kind of object that was then put on something and people would recognize that oh man yeah and and engage you about like why you look the way you do Mm -hmm. and yeah and you and we just moved through so many different contexts yes so like you know we are we're in rural nevada we're in little mountain towns in Colorado. We're, you know, moved through different areas of California. And then also, like, we're in northern St. Louis City. So we just came across so many, like, so many demographics. Yes. Uh, racially, in terms of, like, social class. like Not social yeah. class, but, like, economic, you know, class 100%. structures. And, you know, across the board, we were foreign objects in in each scenario. But Mm. it was just, it was just perceived differently in each one, I think. Yeah. 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 I feel like people really, like, whether they recognize it or not, just notice when something is ephemeral and won't be in a place for a long time. And we like really stood out, and that's just like kind of the nature of bike packing. It's like you're you're in a place for a short period of time. Yep. And people would kind of recognize that and see that like this isn't like a new permanent thing to this space. It's something that's passing through, and people found that interesting. Yeah. But I I could totally see how that could provide you guys with all this new perspective on how you how you impact the space and all these different amazing little unique contexts as you traveled across America. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I feel like that yeah. 
that's just a really useful thing to know about yourself that maybe people who don't get out a lot or travel may never have the opportunity to see. You know, right. just stay in the same city your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you have your little, um, your spots and your, your places you're a part of. Yeah. Whereas like we had to come in and like figure out how to fill that space. Yeah. You, you, you kind of start every situation from scratch in that like mm-hmm. the only idea these people have about you right now is that you're walking in in really tight clothes and you <laughs> don't smell very good. <laughs> and like like yeah, that yeah. that's that's like that's, that's okay that's like we're, that's base one right there right. and then go from there. Yep. Uh, uh another I feel like big takeaway for me on the trip is like I feel like I did it to kind of prove something to myself of like independence and like I don't need things to be given to me or like it, it was like a uh I don't know it's like an act of of like being independent and I don't know just rely trying to rely just on myself and 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 make my own situation um yeah. But like some some of the fondest moments I have on the trip are are when people did really nice things for us. Yeah. And people did really generous things or even just really kind things. Yeah. And like I I guess I realized from the trip that if I want like maybe I can live just trying to do everything on my own mm-hmm. and and everything for myself. But like, I want to to live among and be part of a collective of people that help each other mm-hmm. and 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 do things for each other, and that helps all of them. You yes. know, yeah. That was I absolutely agree. That was one of my big takeaways too. I was thinking of is just like when we were willing to ask people and engage with people, like they would come up with different ways to help us that we hadn't even imagined. Like our first night in California, we were up in a camping area in the Sierras, in the Sierras, and we were kind of just trying to find a a place to set up our hammocks or like just poach a little campsite. And a lot of it was was like paid camping area, so it was it was just kind of a funky spot to try and do that. It was an expensive place to camp too. It was yeah, like South Lake Tahoe area. Oh, it, was, it was like a really gorgeous area. Yeah, it was very. Wow. It was so beautiful. It was like right on the lake. Mm. And eventually, we we just asked this this woman who was sitting outside her RV. Um. Yeah, we just kind of asked her if she knew like where we could camp or like I don't know, just kind of trying to get some beta as to what a good thing for us to do for that night would be. And then that turned into her offering like part of the campsite for us to stay on. And she's like, I'll wait for my husband to come back. Like we're actually managing this campsite right now. Wow. And yeah, they were like, yeah, there's plenty of room like on this plot. Like you could set up a tent or a hammock like in any of these stands of trees. And yeah, that was, they, they were like very generous people. They gave us some food for dinner and for breakfast, and 
like talked with them around the fire for a really long time. But yeah, it was it was just that was something I I'd always been like very nervous about asking people for for help. Um and like growing up, like even through like high school and college, like I'd kind of defer that responsibility to my mom a lot. I'd I'd feel uncomfortable asking someone for something. So I'd have my mom ask them for me. But then that trip made me much more comfortable um, doing it for myself. So that is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like wherever we would show up, you know, all the tools were around us to, to make things happen, to sleep places, to eat things. And, and, like the greatest way we could access those things is is by going and talking to people and communicating who we are and, and what's going on. And yeah, it was really cool. Like, I don't know. I so people did like really generous things like that to to help us, like, you know, give us a place to to sleep and make breakfast for us and, and let mm. us stay at their houses and you know, friends, you know, helped us out. Um, but even things like, like so, so much smaller and like concentrated, like, like I can think of some interactions where I would just be in a gas station, like buying a Gatorade or something. And like, it could have been a very standard, like you're talking about, like isolated like start and end interaction of like, I'm buying this gum thing, swipe your card and walk yeah. out. And like sometimes in in random situations, it would change from just being a transaction or like a asking a question and having it answered. And like there would just be little gestures of of like friendliness and like companionship, even if it was just like a a a, a little send off somebody did and and like something like that I realized could really change like my mental state. Yeah. And that and that kind of goes along with like the type of ways people take up space. Mm. I think some people can can take up the same space and do the same thing maybe, you know, sell a pack of gum, but like somehow communicate in that time and space to to really like show show affection to people and like and help them in in this little way that that isn't really tangible but i don't know i i just noticed some people would do that and and i couldn't really vocalize like how they had made me feel better or helped me but but i felt something different you know that's special i think so i think it's pretty cool for for Sam and I to do something, it took us like both agreeing upon it. Yeah. And that was much easier because it was just two of us. So it was like yeah. we could really have like this one-on-one back and forth about how we think something should happen. Yeah. And then come to a conclusion yeah. together. And would you guys do something if you both didn't agree on it? Um did you guys have us well it I think maybe with like something like routes, I think there's sometimes like, 
I don't know. It wasn't necessarily like talked about like what should we well, I think even with that, we would we would talk through like, okay, where do we want to go today? And we'd like talk about it and be like, I think this is the road yeah. we want to take. Yeah. And we wouldn't really leave until it was like, okay, yeah, like I think we're both on that on the same page. Like that's what we should do. Yeah. Like I I can't even really think of specific instances where it was like I was doing something that I really didn't want to be doing. But I wouldn't say I was always doing the thing that I specifically wanted to do or thought was the best thing to do. Got it. Yeah, I can think because of, of compromise. Okay. Okay. I can just yeah. like the act of compromise like oh, yeah. yeah, I can only think of one like real instance where I felt like something happened that we were on like different wavelengths with is like when we were it was when we were in Utah and we hitchhiked. Because I remember it, we, we were getting blasted by a headwind. Yep. And Caleb's bike had a little more wind resistance. And so he was like trying to like just stay on my tire to kind of draft off me. And that would work for a while. And I'm like. I was just having a lot of difficulty doing it. Yeah. Sometimes he would Sam, fall Sam had was just, he had a lot more power than me too. And like, and was continually leading the charge. So Got even it. even with me like resting and being in the back, I couldn't hold his wheel very well mm, mm-hmm. but i remember he he voiced me like this is t- too windy like let's get in a car and like let's let's see if someone will pick us up and i and and in in hindsight i think i was like i was being like stubborn and, and kind of like selfish i was like well like i don't really want to get in a car and like i'm not hurting that bad so I was just kind of like, no, like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep riding. And it kind of, like, I definitely thought of it too as like almost, uh, like a negation to the bike trip. It was like we were on this bike trip, right? So it, it could, it was kind of coming off to me as like a cheating kind of thing, right? Like, a but tap at the out same kind of, yeah. yeah, right, right. But at the same time, it was like I have to tap out at this, like, right? It's not working. I, I can't, I can't push through the wind right now yeah it's not happening so so he ended up like just kind of dropping by, back and like riding pretty slowly but just like with his thumb out and like very quickly an older man like pulled off the road like in a pickup truck and and like picked up and so i was probably like 200 yards up the road okay. by this point maybe even more like i i, Dude, I had gone up distance. quite a bit ahead mm-hmm. like you could see each other for sure because it was just like these long straight roads through utah and yeah, so I I saw the the truck pull over because I I was checking back. Yeah, just because like I was gonna stay in eyesight. I wasn't just gonna like ride off. Yeah, yeah. but I was like, I this is the pace I'm riding at. Like yeah. I'm just gonna keep going at it. Yeah, and so then the truck came up, and Kit and they drove up the road and pulled off in front of me, and then it was just kind of like, all right, like get in. So then like, yeah, that was the only time like that I can really think of like. Going like, being why, on like yeah. a different, but then like someone made a decision. It's like, all right, it's going like this. This like, is the way and, it's going. And, yeah. and, and and I didn't really care when it happened. I was like, okay, all right, like this, this is fine. Got it. Something that I <sighs> noticed I was doing that was like not helpful to like me and Caleb's group when we were riding is like kind of like you're saying, like, say 
like a, a decision would be made and then like it would go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If it, if, what... if I didn't think like, if it was my idea, like if, if yeah. I had pushed for something and it went yeah. wrong, I would be like, all right, like we're going to fix this. Like, like I, I would just like, I didn't see me like being at fault. I was just like, this is just what happened. This and, is what happened. And here's how we're going to fix it. Yeah. Versus like, if, if something went wrong and it had been posed by Caleb. Yeah. There'd be more thoughts in my brain. Like, why did like, he, why did, like, this was his bad idea. Like, right. why did, mm-hmm. and, and I, totally. would, I would like see his yeah. fault. Mm-hmm. And, and be and, more focused on that than finding a solution. Yeah, just like be like more exactly. mad and like kind of sulking. Yeah. Like, this was his idea and it's going <laughs> yeah. wrong. Like, right. Damn him. This is idiot. This guy's. So I, yeah, I really fuck. wanted to work on like once a decision was made, not seeing it as my idea or his idea, but seeing it as like the decision we made. Right. And, and taking, bringing my responsibility mm-hmm. into both of them. Yeah. So like, then I'm not mad at anyone except for the only person I can be mad at is myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good lesson from, from the trip. One that I haven't really considered very much. Like, but yeah, just that, the shared responsibility of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If something fucks up, it's on both you guys. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that would be just amplitudes harder with with more and more people like you were with. It'd be really easy to be like, this was because you have so many people. You could be like, this was your fucking yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can really point the fingers. Well, it, but it's a trade off. I mean, I feel like also with two people, it can be harder because, like, sometimes when you have a plurality of ideas and perspectives, it doesn't feel as personal when people are disagreeing. Like they can you know, add different shit to the fold. But if it's just you pitted against one other person. Yeah, it's just like me versus you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, shit. I feel like that can also be uniquely challenging. Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. Because then there's like, there's more weight on each person when there's fewer people. Yeah. It's like a simpler dynamic. It's like, you know, in in a group of six people. Yeah. The dynamic is split. Like, six ways like everybody's role in the, in and kind of hierarchy and position among each other if you want to look at it like that and so it, it's more complicated and and it's not as definable i don't think but like with two people the dynamic is like when a decision is made with the discourse of two people it's very clear like this over that mm-hmm. instead of just like this all got thrown in and now we're kind of considering yeah, all exa- of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you notice like with the with the democracy, like yeah. something I would think about, and this is something that my my friend Adam has told me is like kind of an issue with his band that he's in in Chicago Ooh. is is that they they kind of do that with songwriting. They Whoa. they just have these big discussions where they like get together and play and then like People pitch ideas like like they'll play a song yeah. like no like I think this. this part needs to be like this and yeah. they'll all talk about it but like an issue they'll run into is like people start to repeatedly side with the same people because mm. people start building this 
connection within yeah. that big group. Yeah. So did you ever notice that on that trip? Like someone would pitch yeah. an idea and another person would yeah. always be like, yeah, I'm with <laughs> him on that. And you'd be like, you always. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a funny, this is a funny way it would play out. <laughs> um, so we ended up rotating boats. Um, and so like, you know, every, every like two weeks, you'll be in a boat with a new person. Um, and one pattern that we all ended up noticing towards the end of the trip was people tended to vote along with their, who they were in a boat with. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that was, um, that's really cool. I, I mean, there might've been a, a few, a few things at play there. One of them being, um, you don't want to create conflict. Yeah, then you got to keep sitting in the same boat together. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a stupid idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. just staring yeah. at the back of the person's yeah. head, just like, oh, no, I don't like them. Yeah. Just yeah. like put you on blast in front of the whole group. <laughs> and just kind of like go back to paddling. <laughs> I know. But you could tell that certain people ended up like falling into certain, like, for example, James Noel. He would, he did not like to slow down. He wanted to keep going no matter what. Um, few mm. breaks, like, Go, 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 go. Turbos was a, his nickname. Um, <laughs> so Turbo always, you knew if a vote was going to come about, you know, can we, should we break here or just do another stretch? Turbo was probably going to say, I mean, no, we didn't, we called him James. Like James was probably going to vote, you know, keep in a going. certain way, keep going. But uh, yeah, that was one pattern of like people voting in the same way. Yeah. And that, that just makes a lot of sense to me too, because you are with that person. Like, proximal, proximally. Yeah. So, like, you're just, like, a lot more shared discourse. Yeah. And, like. You're going to have to. Like, some of that decision-making is probably already happening, I'd assume, like, in in the, in the boats, boats. A, yeah. as you're moving along. Yeah. But before, yeah. You even, yeah, yeah. before you even gather as a group. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's kind of like the idea oh. in, like, the, like, like, Democrats and Republicans. Like, right. most Democrats are discussing with Democrats. And so like when they then come to the table with Republicans, it's like they're usually going to side together because they've yeah. been having the discussions. And mm -hmm. did we started calling it like we, we started calling it caucus. Like we would caucus with, with certain other boats. And then, um, yeah, there were like different coalitions and bullshit. And it was like a fucking weird little government. So. Yeah. I know with my friend was saying like, they they would get in arguments over this idea that, you know, so like two people in the band are dating, two people in the band, it's a band of like seven people. Okay. Two people live together, are roommates. Yeah. And like, you know, two people are from the same hometown and have known each other since they were little kids. Yep. So you you would you would see these these patterns start forming of of people agreeing with another, and there'd be these fights of like do you really think that or are you doing that because you have an allegiance to somebody? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, mm. do you really think that's the best decision? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to stay tight knit with the person in your boat? Yeah. Or is that actually the best? Do you think that's the best idea? Yeah. And, and that's, I'm curious for you guys, like how would you, cause inevitably on, I feel like a trip like you guys did and what we did on our trip, like you're going to have conflict. I feel like it's, it's almost inevitable. Um, so how would you guys work through that? I I just like chose to avoid it most yeah. of the time. Like well, okay, so I guess the process was like was like when 
I realized there were spaces or like instances where conflict was was like really starting to like pick up steam. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I just want to figure out what we need to do. And then like figuring out what we needed to do was kind of like then avoiding the conflict. And also I just I just knew I was gonna be with Sam for like a month plus. Right. So it was like there's no reason for me to like dwell on anything or bring something up that I think is like bad or good or like just yeah. There's no reason to to make it contentious mm-hmm. because we're just gonna continue to be together. It's like to keep our spirits high and to keep the re- the relationship in a in a like good manner. Is just to like yeah not bring the conflict into it wherever we could. Yeah, yeah. I I sometimes thought like like conflicts weren't super clear cut on like when they were happening and when they were over or like if a conflict had begun because it was because mm. it was like it kind of felt like one continuous interaction the whole time. Right. Uh-huh. So like hmm. I couldn't really like separate like and then we got in a fight and then we like did this. Like oh, yeah. it was just like fluid. I feel like there'd be moments though that like I kind of realized okay like we're in disagreement or like yeah. I think Caleb's unhappy or like I am upset about this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think there'd be times where it, it wasn't really spoken but I mean, yeah. I think it was just like mutually yeah. recognized, like that this was like kind of a standoff or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then I, I would just notice, like, I would then notice just like when there'd be a point where I could recognize that that was over. Mm-hmm. Like, like there'd be some sort of making of peace mm-hmm. in some gesture or mm. a, a or, lot of or it. interaction that I would recognize, okay, we've moved on from that. Yeah. Nice. And a lot of it was just gestural. Like, Whoa. there was just so much silence on the trip it's just like you could almost see that as like a passing period for something it's mm. like a, an issue would be brought up and we'd voice it and we'd like kind of determine what to do and like sometimes like it wouldn't feel the best about it yeah but then like you just kind of like let that issue pass and like use silence as a tool to like move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't, I think it would have been awkward. I don't really think it happened often. Whereas like there was some like big issue that like we'd talk about and like try and compromise on and then like kind of like table it for a while and then yeah. come back to. At another point in time. You said that you don't feel like there was something like that? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I don't feel like there was, there were very many instances like oh, that. Good. It was like, we kind of try and resolve something and then like, yeah, just move just drop, from there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of disagreements were like about procedural things. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we would get, I mean, there are times like, like even now where we're having a conversation and we'll just kind of, I'll just notice all of a sudden we, we like our opinions are differing and like, 
even if they're not super different, we're just kind of like in an argument about yeah, something. Yeah, and we just don't agree. <laughs> and it, but like, but but it, it normally wasn't stuff like that. Mm. It, it was like, what are we going to do right now? What are we going to eat right now? Should we do this? Should we go? Should we stop? Yeah, yeah. So so once those events had passed, like the the whole reason for arguing what what was gone. So then like I you couldn't or I couldn't like. Really, I would never like harbor feelings from a disagreement we had because, yeah. like, it was for a situation that's now completely irrelevant. Oh, yeah, and energy was like super valuable too, so there was never like any reason to come back to something. Yeah, just to like talk about like how it upset me or something. Mm. Like, I mean, I I guess I would use like some of those. Like silent moments to like think of maybe how I wanted to approach a situation differently the next time. But it wasn't like me thinking this is what I'm going to say about what we just like determined because there was no reason to like go back and voice my complaints on it. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. That's cool that you were already at that stage. Yeah. you. I think like maybe even if I did think things like that, like, man, this is. Like if I was playing out like a a post argument in my head of like, yeah. of like, like all right, <laughs> yeah, that play ended, play. but here's the words I still want to get like I would just kind of think those things out and then it didn't matter anymore. Like, mm, like yeah, like the whole it would just like I'd be silent and I'd wait and then we'd be somewhere else and something else was going on. Yeah. So it was like, all right, everything that I was thinking about in that past situation. I've like completely forgotten. Yeah. Because I've just formed an opinion of like what needs to happen in this situation now. It was also nice like having the level of relationship that we had going into the trip. Yeah. Because then when I like was kind of replaying a situation and thinking about like the words I could have added onto it, I could also sort of imagine like how both of us might have like added our opinions to it. And and just, I mean, just it, just it gave me play it like, out in your own head, right? Like this is how this conversation would continue, <laughs> right? Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you guys had just met each other before the trip, right? And you mm-hmm. had no reference to go off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. yeah, and, and and it was really talking about like gestures and and language of like recognizing when when someone's mad or or like things are good again it it was just it was stuff that i didn't really think needed to be explained or spoken because it was just like very clear to me like i think it was very clear to me like how he was feeling like at all times Mm -hmm. so like because i'd seen like yeah we've been hanging out for a long time so like i know what caleb does when he's pissed off Mm -hmm. like i I, like i know like (laughs) I know how Caleb acts. <laughs> I shake my fist yeah. and like. <laughs> I've got red yeah. So it wasn't like he needed to like explain to me like, hey, what you said back there, or like what we did back there, like upset me. Because I saw him and I knew that it, like I already knew how like how yeah. it had affected him. Mm-hmm. So then, then, and then it was very easy to know like when a disagreement had been absolved mm. or resolved. Resolved, yeah. Because like, the, yeah, it was just, it was just, 
learned behavioral stuff that mm-hmm. we have from spending time together. Like I knew like, okay, that's over now. Yeah. I saw you move into the real world outside of the podcast. Yeah. Sometimes it's time to put the headset down, <laughs> smell the coffee. But uh, thank you guys so much for sharing all your insights about everything. We, we covered a broad range of shit. I feel like. Yeah. This is fucking, I really enjoyed this. I did too. Yeah. I felt really good. It was mm-hmm. like super, super personal and it didn't, I think it's cool having this kind of like medium to to like I don't know document stuff. So yeah. so it I feel like it 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 can make you be more intentional about conversation, right? Yeah. Whereas like we probably would have gotten into some of this stuff, but because we like recognize like oh we're being right. recorded right now. Yeah, it's like this verbal like, journal. You like want to direct it somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely, it was. It was nice because I was I was more intentional with like how I was speaking and kind of just the way I was kind of forming my parts of the conversation to to aid like what you guys could then yeah add to the conversation. It's an it's just like a symbiotic thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Schiller. Thank you. Guys. This stuff's really cool. It's a yeah. nice space for it too. Like, yeah, this is this is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see like just what you start making with it. It'll be cool. Dude, thank you. Yeah, I'll tune in for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll tune in next time. You here? You have it, Caleb Van Arsdale, Sam Short, and this is uh, another episode of in the area. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs>